As you begin the sitting practice, establishing a comfortable, even relaxed posture, notice the energy with which you turn your attention to feel the body, to attend to the breath or any other chosen object. Is there a contraction around the forehead or a leaning forward into the present moment? Is there some expectation of what is to be known? Is there an open, receptive willingness to experience anything that arises in the present moment? What is the energy of the mind? Is it vigilant or hypervigilant? Is it recognizing clearly or just diffusely? Are you mostly focusing on body sensations or are you aware of thoughts? Or is there a settling back into just the knowledge of awareness happening? Any and all of these are fine. Just noticing the way it is. And only when there is some sense of struggle or a sense of discomfort in the mind? Do we want to take a closer look to back off, notice what agenda has crept into the mind, expecting, trying to hold on to something, trying to explain or figure out something? See if you can let that go. And just recognize that something is being known in every moment. You can ask yourself, what is being known? And you can ask yourself, is the knowing recognized? Experiment with your practice. Be careful not to just settle into a routine, a rot, a familiarity that you can fall asleep in. While all of the techniques and tools that we've offered and you've learned are useful in their own time and place, Practice isn't really about becoming a technician or a perfectionist, doing anything. It's about a willingness to be present, to notice and acknowledge 
to understand this is the way it is right now for me. And endure it if it's unpleasant or not what you wish. And just feel it without entanglement if it's pleasant or desirable. Sustaining the ongoing recognition of what is being known and the fact of knowing. No one experience is to be preferred to any other. Clear or diffuse, physical or mental, pleasant or unpleasant, familiar or novel, no preference, just noticing. This is the way it is for now. We don't need to force change in any way or struggle with the way things are. But as attention settles onto and is sustained on any experience, you'll notice it morphs, it changes, it increases, decreases, changes location, quality. And the very fact of awareness changes everything too. Let your energy be willing to meet the present moment, not to defeat it, not to escape it, not to avoid it, but just to meet, to know, to acknowledge, Let it be. Periodically throughout the sitting, refresh your attention. Refresh the mind. Take a new look at the familiar. Feel a little more carefully. Change the power of the lens on the mind. Get a little closer or if things are too tight, back off a little bit. Being careful not to get entangled in the defilements in relationship to any experience or object that has arisen. Be at ease with the way things are. Just do the best you can without struggling, and let that be good enough.
anything to share or inquire about today? <clears throat> Joy? Yeah, so the question is about identifying any kind of attitude in the mind, either wholesome or unwholesome, that is attending the awareness or that, is, that has arisen with the awareness. To give you a, um, uh, just a very simple, sometimes when we have a primary object like the breath at the belly, and we're watching the rising and falling. Sometimes we, you can, you can feel, it's not like you're just sitting there going, okay, yeah, breathing in, rising, falling. Uh-huh. It's like we go, you know, it's, it's like the mind goes, what, what, what's there, what's, what's there? You know, and, and it's, it's, it's not just receiving the, the moment, experience, it's kind of like got an agenda to get it. Okay, Very, It's subtle, but it's there. If you notice it, then you can relax. You, know, you relax the mind, actually. Relax the mind. The mind doesn't have to be quite so gripped. Or sometimes the, uh, how you remind yourself to uh, take notice. Sometimes it's like I can I can hear the tone of of my mind going. It's got a little severe. It's, it's kind of it's just it's more like I feel it in the in the body. It's like it's kind of like a stare rather than a just softly receive. Sometimes we're looking at something like you know just like rather than just okay noticing. So these are, these are subtle, but some of them are just really, I'm going to stay with this until I, <laughs> I don't know, something, you know, or I'm going to look at this. Or when discomfort arises in the body, you know, you get this meat hook in the back or an elephant stepping on your knee or something, and you go, I will watch this as long as it goes away. <laughs> You know, it's just, it's, it's kind of a negotiating with, you know. So these, these are just attitudes of mind that contaminate the just pure, uncommenting awareness. So it's like that. Wholesome attitudes, wholesome attitude of mind is, you know, just reminding yourself, open, receptive, uh, no preference, uh, what is this? You know, so those are, you know, there's no hunching, there's no staring, there's no agenda, there's no negotiating. It's just huh, like this. So that's kind of, and, and you can notice it. You know, it's not like you got to make 
the agenda another object to be noticed. It's just like as you're observing, whatever, you can feel there's a little, there's a little hook, there's a little pressure behind it. It's not just vigilant, it's hypervigilant. It's not just receiving, it's like, take me. <laughs> you know, it's, there's, there's subtleties and grossities <laughs> around it all. Some, some, I mean, the comment is when she finds her mind just totally entangled in defilements and just caught up in a real, you know, bubbling cauldron of <laughs> defilements, that if she just just goes out and does something physical, you can walk, you can do some gardening, you can, or some people will go do their exercise, you know, their aerobics or their jogging or whatever, that, well, it, it just kind of like refreshes the mind to get away from those. The cesspool, the cesspool of defilements, and it's like, okay, okay, great, that's okay, fine. Now, you did say, I find myself wanting to do that a lot. You can do it as often as you need to, but before you do, identify the defilements. That's all, just identify them. This is anger, this is pride, this is confusion, this is jealousy, this is just like, I don't know, doubt. Uh, Okay, just identify it and then go do what you want to do. Fine. Knowing that, okay, there just isn't the strength of mind right now to bear with those defilements, to stay present with them. And it is wisdom that says, you know what, these defilements or this package or this moment of defiled is overwhelming. To keep beating, to keep struggling, to keep beating your, your awareness, your intention against this overwhelming pile of defilements is stupid. So don't do that. It is wisdom that says, you know what? This is overwhelming. I can't open to it. I can't be with it. It's, I lose awareness. When you lose awareness because it's overwhelming, there's, it's wisdom that says, this is overwhelming. This object of is overwhelming this little Awareness is going. <laughs> and so it's wisdom for this awareness to say, Ooh, I'm out of here. I'm going over. I'm going to go over here, recharge my batteries, get a good lunch, take a nap, da da da, go for a walk, you know, have a cup of tea, refresh the mind, do a little method for myself, recharge my batteries, then I'll come back and take another look. Okay, okay, like that. for as long as it takes, and it might take decades. Is this a what question? A loaded question. 
That's okay. I find myself thinking a lot of time in the future. In the future? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where I'm either planning or playing out conversations or whatever. Sure. And I have a hard time identifying it. Where other defilements like jealousy or whatever, I can feel them. Sure. So it's really easy for me to recognize that they're aware. Sure. But the future is just... Sure. Okay. So a lot of time, she, she acknowledges she spends a lot of time in the future, and uh, it isn't doesn't seem to be as noticeable or as easily noticeable as some of the other defilements, which are right in the present. And you can feel them, and just like what to do. Or what it, like what activities is that? Futuring. <laughs> Futuring. I mean, when you're futuring, you're futuring, you know, and you can be planning, you can be scheming, you can imagining, you can be strategizing, you can be, well, you can be doing all kinds of things, but it's all about futuring, okay? A couple of things about futuring. You can just notice, oh, futuring, the futuring is happening in the present moment. There's nothing wrong with futuring. We do a lot of it. You know, if we don't do any of it, well, you know, we're not going to make, you know, we're not going to pay our taxes on time. We're not going to, you know... <laughs> You know, life is going to go by and we're going to miss some things, which would probably be okay. Maybe not taxes. But, um, so just notice futuring. Once you accept, oh, the mind is just futuring, there's present moment awareness of futuring. If you're futuring and you go, take a look at that, you know, exasperation. It's like, here I am again, strategizing, scheming to make this future, okay. Check the exasperation. What's the energy with which, you're, which you're, with which you're planning? So sometimes we're planning the future. We're planning you know, what we're going to do at the end of the retreat or which person here we want to talk to when silence breaks. And you know, we're, we're planning. Well, what's the fuel of the planning? Is it because of desire for the future? Or is it like fear of possible future and so you're strategizing how to avoid something happening in the future. So is it fear that's fueling the planning? Is it desire that's fueling the planning? Is it just restlessness? You know, restlessness can accompany and does accompany planning and futuring and remembering, desire, aversion. But sometimes there's just restlessness. No desire with it, no aversion with it. It's just the mind going, Da-da-da-da-da, an elephant in a phone booth. Yellow, yellow, yellow submarine. Oh, the fans are going. You know, the light is shining. I think I'll go outside now. You know, it's just like, that's restlessness. You know, and we see, and believe me, there's a lot of restlessness. They never did a, the, the content doesn't really get any traction in the mind, so it's not really developed into a full-blown desire, version, whatever. But it's just like, you know, notice that. So the comment question is, do I find that of those that I teach the practice of awareness to, does their loving kindness also increase? I think the quality of 
receptivity, the quality of tolerance, the quality of appreciating this moment for just what it is, all of those qualities that are enhanced or recognized or developed in the practice of awareness also are how we relate to people as well as events and ourselves and other things. So those are all qualities of loving kindness. I wouldn't say it's, um, it's not the active practice of loving kindness and it may not have quite the same Sometimes loving kindness is real gooey. It's really just, mm, mm, you know, without attachment even. You know, so, but generally, yeah, I, I think so. But I wouldn't say if you're practicing awareness and developing awareness and you don't feel particularly loving kindness, I wouldn't take that a sign that you're not practicing awareness training well. So just leave that. But I think as you go on and you strengthen those qualities, then it would be easier, maybe more spontaneous, that there would be this. But you've got to remember, loving kindness sometimes can have more attachment and less equanimity. You know, I mean, really, loving kindness has equanimity, not attachment at all. But sometimes in our developing of loving-kindness, we get more on the attachment side and less on the equanimity side. So, just to be aware of that. Yeah. Did you have a question? Yeah. Yeah. Can you comment on awareness immediately after uh, dreams? Uh, pleasant dreams, nightmares, uh, regular dreams? Um, so, once you wake up, what, I mean, what sort, of, sort of moment or awareness is that? Well, I think, I think it's a moment of awareness. There's a recognition of what was going on in the mind a moment ago. And there's a recognition that it was, that sometimes there's a recognition that it was a dream. Sometimes we feel like we're still in the dream. Sometimes what I call the shadow of the dream is still lingering in the mind. And so the flavor of the dream, you know, the terror, the whatever, the happiness, the whatever, is still there. So in that moment... I would not say, or I would not recognize it as something that happened then, but something that's happening now. It's just present moment awareness of this experience. Pardon? Well, the dream ended, but the feeling, you know, is still there. Or there, there is a feeling that was conditioned by the dream that is present that you're with. I wouldn't go back and reconstruct the dream to reactivate it or to try to figure it out or explain it or anything. I would just pick it up right now and deal with that. And so too, during the day, sometimes, you know, the content of the dream reappears, just like as a memory. And sometimes it's really clear and we get a feeling for it. Sometimes it's no feeling. I wouldn't go back into it as if there was something in that content that was valuable, that I got to figure out. I've got to analyze it. In this practice, we just start with whatever's happening now, even if it's remembering a dream. Okay, remembering's happening. If the content of the dream or the flavor of the dream is commanding your attention or calling your attention, just recognize that. Oh, shame, terror, happiness, whatever. Oh, okay. That's it. Like that. I have 
quite a few daydreams come up. So not necessarily about the past or future, but like made up characters doing their thing and it's very pleasurable and they're chatting with each other and sometimes they're meditating and things like that. Um, and so one thing I've tried to do is to notice maybe the emotion that's fueling this, or to notice what's behind it. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is I'll often notice a sense that's very familiar, like also when I was younger, but it's present now, of like things are just not enough as they are. It's not okay for some reason. And it'll be very interesting to be with that. However, sometimes the daydreams are so fun, they'll just come back, and I'm losing awareness because I'm really enjoying them. And then sometimes guilt arises, and I try to be with that. Um, and I just feel like maybe I'm getting lost in that too much. And so I am trying to work with it, but it's so pleasurable, it's hard to have awareness around it. So. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of those instances where in a, in a, in a, in a check-in, this is what I would tell you. Choose an object like the breath or posture. Stay with it longer. Okay. Yeah. Really steady the mind a little more. Steady the, the, mind is, the mind is very just kind of pulled easily, even though there's an awareness of what's going on. It's pulled very easily by things. Huh? So I would say steady, steady the mind a little more. And, and that might only be a few breaths. It might be five minutes. It might be whatever. But just steady it. So that, okay, you're seeing things a little more, not just on the surface. Remember, mindfulness plunges into the object. Mindfulness really goes into the object to get its essence from the inside. It doesn't just skim along the top of experience. That's kind of more or less mindful, or Main Street mindfulness, you know, which is, which is okay, but when you're noticing that that's what main, mind, main Street mindfulness is doing, then you want to just steady, steady your attention a little more on something you choose or each one of those things. And that would help, help you see a little more deeply and to get a little more understanding of each of those or w w what's going on there, really. Yeah. Uh, two people right in a row. So I'll take the first one, then the second one. Yeah. Yeah, you're first. Sure. Yeah, the, the f I mentioned that you can choose an object to pay attention to, like the breath, the posture. You can have a primary object, which you start your sitting with, that you may kind of return to frequently throughout the sitting, primary object. Even while trying to do that, stay with a chosen object, when something predominant and this is a predominant object, when, when a predominant object arises, pain in the body, loud sound in the room, strong emotion in the heart, then your attention will automatically be drawn there. You, you can't avoid it. It's a predominant object. It just commands your attention. It actually... <laughs> When a predominant object arises, it is predominant because of a certain kind of conditioning. And the conditioning is called fascination conditioning. This is, this is, this is something out of the Abhidhamma, conditional relations, but it's very obscure. But nevertheless, the reason it is predominant to you, and maybe nobody else, is because of past karmic fascination with objects like that. Don't think about that. But nevertheless, when, 
when it commands your attention, and your attention goes there automatically, don't hang on to, don't struggle to hang on to your primary object. You know, just know that, oh, this is what, this is what you're aware of. This is what awareness has taken as an object. Recognize the object, recognize the awareness. It may last for a while or it may not. The third uh, way of talking about objects is when they're choiceless. And what I mean by that is you don't choose, you don't have a preference for any one object over the other. And in fact, it's not that you don't choose, it's that objects are just arising so kind of uh, systematically or so smoothly or so quickly sometimes that the awareness is just, you know, like one of these lit up light boards that's just going blink, 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 blink. You know, and the mind is just going, the awareness is just able to go. You know, and it's not naming, it's not rushing to keep up, it's just aware. I did an experiment in, the, in one of the groups yesterday where I kind of showed how, or I kind of tried to point out how you can do that kind of awareness without rushing, without struggling to keep up, without naming what's going on. And I just had everybody just, you know, you're just sitting here. If you don't look at any one thing in particular, don't, don't look at me, don't look at any one thing, just kind of sit there with your eyes open. Okay? You don't have to look at who's moving, but anytime somebody moves, you see it, you recognize it. You know, somebody shakes their head, somebody scratches their ear, you know, somebody twists their head like this, somebody rubs their head. You know, it's, it's like you don't have to be looking at the object in particular. If there is a recognition of awareness itself, you recognize all those things, right? Stay with the awareness. Stay with the awareness. Whatever is rising, don't, don't, don't get entangled with it. You know, if you're just staying with the awareness and somebody's doing something that you get fascinatedly conditioned by, you'll go, <laughs> you know, with curiosity or attraction or attachment or aversion or something. So, okay? Now you had a question. Yes. Um, my question is about the reflections or the sharing of the blessing. I, I think you said the Buddha didn't write this or compose this, but, but I'm just curious about who these celestial beings are Sure. Uh, I'm not sure just where this comes from. I know it came from the monastic tradition in Thailand. It might be a, um, a common kind of Buddhist reflection from way back that it just has been translated into English. So the question is, who are the celestial beings? Whew. Okay. And guardian spirits. Oh, well, you know. In the Buddhist cosmology of 31 planes of existence, you know, some below us, many above us, uh, there are those who are in planes of existence higher than human meaning. Eh, the being, the bodies are more refined, the minds are more pure. You get, you get existence in those realms by being kind, generous, loving, you know, and if you develop your mind through meditation, you get into the more exalted realms where you have 
luxurious lifestyle. <laughs> but even on Earth, there are beings sharing this space with us that we don't see. Yeah, they're here. They're here to hear the Dharma. They're beings who are protective of the land, that kind of are the guardian spirits of this land. So we always want to say, oh, may the guardian spirits of this land be happy, be healthy, you know, protect, protect what's going on here, you know, make sure that there's no droughts, that the bugs don't eat the trees, and that the, the no evil spirits kind of move in to kind of bother us here, like that. So you always want to, you always want to kind of pay homage to the protective spirits, the guardian devas of the land. Say it again. Sometimes to me it's so cut and dry, and it's just you, you're responsible for yourself only. Oh, yeah, we, we're definitely responsible for ourselves. That's right, but it's always good to have some help. <laughs> yeah, you know, you really should, really should understand that, you know, the, the, there's more beings here, even in the room, than we can see. I, I, was, I was doing a retreat in, uh, oh, we're running out of time. I was doing a retreat in Maui, where we used to do a month-long retreat every year, my wife and I. And uh, there was one woman that came to the retreat there quite frequently, and she could see the other beings of the place that would, you know, they were sitting on the stairway listening to the Dharma talk. And, yeah, she would just open her eyes and they'd be there, you know, like up there, over there. <laughs> and I, I mean, I don't, I don't see these beings. I don't recognize them. So I, I, I don't disagree or I don't deny. I'm, just, I'm open to it. You know, I have suspended my doubt. We'll wait and see. Like that. Okay, so we have another day of awareness of whatever's going on. Don't struggle with the way things are. Be at ease with it. Just recognize your own mind as often as, as possible. Refresh your attention as much as you can. Um, be at ease. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.